Support comes from Bellingham's Whatcom Museum with its historic Hall of Birds. On May 31st and June 1st, hosting bird taxidermist and museum preservationist Alice Markham for a weekend of events and workshops. Details and tickets at whatcommuseum.org. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Thursday. This is Seattle Now. There's been a fierce fight in Burien about the city's homeless population. People living in encampments have been moving around for months. Burien City Council voted to implement a camping ban in late September. It went into effect yesterday. KUOW's Casey Martin has been following the developing story for months and is here to tell us about it. But first, let's get you caught up. Sound Transit Fair Dodgers, be advised. Sound Transit is getting serious about payment and says so-called fair ambassadors will start issuing tickets soon. They've been handing out warnings since 2020. If you received one, Sound Transit says you've got a clean slate now. But starting November 15th, things are going to change. Ride without paying once or twice, you'll still get a warning. Do it again, you'll pay $50, then $75, then a civil infraction, which could eventually result in a misdemeanor if you don't pay. PCC Community Markets says it will close its downtown Seattle store at the end of January. The company's CEO said in a statement the location never turned a profit in two years of operation. PCC says it will prioritize moving the downtown location's 80 employees to other stores. Seattle Times reports that in 2022, PCC posted its first yearly loss since the 90s. And a Seattle resident and retired prosthesis expert who'd been volunteering in Gaza crossed into Egypt yesterday, according to her niece. Ramona Akamura was a lecturer in prosthetics at the University of Washington for almost two decades. She'd been volunteering with the Palestinian Children's Relief Fund as a prosthetic technician. She was originally scheduled to return to the U.S. three weeks ago. It's been a turbulent few months for unsheltered people in Burien. As of Wednesday, due to a camping ban, a person could be charged with a misdemeanor if caught sleeping or resting on public property in the city. Advocates for the ban say it will prevent people from setting up tents and sidewalks or in parks. But right now, shelter space is simply not available. KUOW reporter Casey Martin is here to tell us how the camping ban will change things in Burien and what will happen to those without shelter. Casey, glad you're here. Thanks for your coverage on this. Yeah, thank you for having me. So Burien's camping ban went into effect yesterday. What does it mean for people in the city who've been sleeping outside? You know, that's still really uncertain right now. It, it's uh, There hasn't been a lot of clarity on how enforcement of this ordinance will really play out for, as you said, a lot of folks that are sleeping uh, beneath bridges, uh, behind stores, a lot of folks that are in parked RVs. Burien does not have its own independent police force. It relies on the King County Sheriff's Office to provide its police. And earlier this year, because Burien currently doesn't have any shelters to refer people to go to in the city, King County said they would not allow the sheriff's office to help with a camp removal, to move people around if there's no place to refer them to go to. So right now, uh, there are still, there are no shelters available in the city of Burien. Uh, So it's really uncertain how will Burien enforce this ordinance uh, without being able to rely on the sheriff's department. Uh, The sheriff's office has not said one way or another, you know, how they will take on this ordinance, but it'll be interesting to see how it'll play out. You know, it sounds like 
if people do sleep in public spaces, they need to move everything by morning. So I want to ask you where they're actually going. Yeah, a lot of folks are staying uh, around Burien. I've talked to people who have moved uh, into family in Des Moines. People are moving to Tequila. Uh, some people said that they would try to you know, get up to Seattle, that they were able to get into an RV space in like the Soto area. Uh, but this is really difficult. A lot of people are, are really feeling the pressure now. I talked to folks before the ordinance was passed, and they said, oh, you know, who, you know, who knows if that will really happen and now that it has, and now that it's taken effect, uh, people have said, all right, well, I'll stay where I am until I'm forcibly removed, until until I really see, you know, a police officer come. You know, and a few people have said that they would like to get into, you know, an apartment building or a tiny house village. Uh, those kinds of things aren't in Burien right now, so that would require moving right now. Right. It doesn't sound like there are really any options for people at this point. Yeah, there is a new option uh, on the horizon. Uh, there is a new group in Burien, a uh, nonprofit that actually has struck a deal with a church in the city of Burien uh, to open up a sanctioned encampment shelter. So this would be an area in their parking lot where 30 people could set up tents and actually legally be have a spot to live in. And this is a first for Burien. This would be a big deal. After months of debate of potentially opening up a shelter space, uh, this church has agreed to a temporary three-month pilot program uh, with this group to open up these 30 shelters. And they hope to open that on Monday the 6th. Casey, what was the motivating factor here other than the camping ban? Because this city has been wrestling with this for months. Why now? Yeah, uh, Burien has experienced a, a growing number of folks who are experiencing homelessness, and as the whole region has, and especially going into cold weather and going into winter, this is a time that a lot of people just simply need to get indoors, need to get into a stable place. So a lot of advocates in this area have called on Burien to set up a sanctioned site after there have been a number of camp removals. Uh, so it absolutely lines up with the ban, and it's also something that Burien has needed for a long time. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely getting colder overnight. Not easy to be outside right now this time of year. What is King County saying, Casey? Has Executive Dow Constantine gotten into the mix recently about how Burien is approaching this situation? You know, we haven't heard much recently. Like I said, there was this uh, official communication back in spring from the county to Burien, you know, being pretty stern in its language, you know, saying that, you know, that they don't uh, support this kind of behavior. They don't support the city removing people without a shelter to go to. So, uh, you know, we're still waiting to hear how the sheriff's office will respond, especially not only with the ban, but now that a sanctioned encampment, uh, you know, could be opening as early as Monday. This has been a super contentious issue. You mentioned that there is potentially an encampment that is forming. What other options are being considered? Yeah, th this is top of mind for everybody who lives in Burien. Uh, there have been regular city hall meetings with uh, a large number of people coming out and being very vocal, uh, you know, speaking on both sides of this debate on whether or not there should be a ban, whether or not the city should open a sanctioned encampment. People are very passionate about this. And uh, there, there is a public meeting coming up about potentially opening up a tiny house village this weekend. Uh, a lot of people are interested in that. And also this church that is opening up 
up this uh, sanction encampment, they're hosting their own meeting on Sunday for people to come out, speak their concerns, talk about the needs of this kind of area. And uh, so, yeah, people are absolutely uh, just following this day by day. There's This is really just kind of top of an interest for people living in and around Burien. Yeah, and it's only going to become more important as the weather gets colder and rainier, Casey. Yeah, absolutely. The you know the the Burien Severe Weather Shelter, uh, you know that's been a, a a number one resource in Burien, even though it doesn't have a full time shelter. Uh, over 130 people came into that shelter last winter, and so that really speaks to the need of how many people don't have a reliable place indoors or even inside an RV to go to. And uh, you know this one shelter, this one encampment, could open a space for 30 tents. Uh, but there's well over 100 people. The city estimates experiencing homelessness on any average night. Really tough situation. KUW's Casey Martin, really appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much for listening to Seattle Now. And hello to our newest supporters, Jeanette and Harry. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. This show is only possible with your support. So thanks so much to our newest donors, Jeanette and Harry. Just click the link in the show notes to make it happen. Today's episode was produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez. Our production team also includes Claire McGrain, Jenny Cecil Moore, Vaughn Jones, Matt Martin, and Lucy Suchek. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.